you know, I'm a big macro analyst. I take the big picture first. And one of the big picture industries has got to be, you know, cybersecurity. And cyber is not even doing it justice anymore because you got AI. I had my own personal experience I talked about a few months ago with my email hacked from a very clever email. Uh, basically said, hey, if you want to be six foot four and really good looking, you can do this by eating something at breakfast every day, you know. So how could I not click onto it? But that was the problem. That's why I'm always so uh, pleased to be able to go to our go-to guy, Ian Patterson of uh, Pluralock. Of course, this is what you do for a living, Ian. But as I say, I keep just thinking of new avenues. I want to talk today about the new challenges that artificial intelligence has created in so many areas. We're now more familiar. You were the first one to talk to us about chat uh, GPT. And I'm going back, you know, uh, about a year, though. I mean, it was just out of the box, kind of. But uh, so, I mean, you must be very busy. How is it going, actually, for you guys? Well, Mike, it's always good to be here. I mean, things are really busy. You know, you usually think that summer is a time to kind of slow down. Uh, it's been completely the opposite for us. Uh, recently announced our Q2 uh, set of financials, uh, closed out, uh, the, 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 closed, closed out the, the six-month period at $28 million, uh, which is an increase of 74% year over wow. year. We also announced... Uh, that that we expect to realize about $2 million in cost savings on an annualized basis as a result of synergies from the acquisitions that we've done. And then the third, and I think we'll probably talk about it more, but we've launched a new product called PromptGuard, specifically tailored for companies trying to make use of generative AI, but to do so safely. Yeah, I, I mean, as I say, like a year ago, we wouldn't have been talking about that. You know, this is how explosive that industry is. I'll just share a quick story with you that I was listening to some people uh, in the graphic design industry with AI. and They're very worried that it's going to, well, let's say dramatically change, you know, that industry when you can get a graphic image, uh, you know, certain programs up in about three minutes and it's cheaper, more convenient. But they're also talking about some of the, the, the incredible exponential advances. And one of them being that it just grabbed me as he said, Nobody ever taught, uh, you know, the programs to speak other languages. It was machine learning. It taught itself to, you know, and the one that grabbed me, maybe because it's so foreign to me, is Arabic. You know, the guy's saying, well, we were doing a business proposal. Presto, it was in Arabic because we were going to send it out to Abu Dhabi. And I'm going, what do you mean you didn't teach it? You know, and this is, of course, what machine learning is, but it just blew me, blew me away. Well, we're, we're seeing the same thing. I mean, listen, Mike, we, we work daily with our customers who, who run the gamut. I mean, they're, they're for the most part, they're in North America, but they're, they're really, uh, they're in heavily regulated industries. So think financial institutions, think healthcare, et cetera. And one of the challenges when you're working in these industries is that you have to be really careful about what tools you use because you need to understand what, what data you are exposing to it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, practically speaking, there's a lot of concern around generative AI tools. And if you allow your employees to use them, are you accidentally disclosing or leaking data? And so what a lot of companies have done is they've set up little innovation teams or labs where they're, they've, they've blocked generative AI tools. So I think Samsung was the first one to completely block generative AI tools. And then they have certain, uh, certain teams that are, are doing a little bit of experiments. So we were working with one of our clients um, and, and, we, and they relayed a, a story around one of their innovation teams. And what happened was they were experimenting with ChatGPT yep. and the user said to ChatGPT, hey, I've got a, uh, 
uh, we've got a, a file here. I need to do some work on it. And so they, they sent this to ChatGPT. ChatGPT came back and said, well, can you just upload the file to Dropbox? And first of all, that was a bit that was a bit of a strange response. Like, why does ChatGPT have a Dropbox account? But so the user mm -hmm. said, well, actually, no, I can't. I'm not allowed. My corporate policies don't allow me to upload this file anywhere. And then the response they got back from ChatGPT was, no problem. Just email me the file. My email address is chatgpt at gmail.com. Now, obviously, that's not a real email address. You cannot email things to ChatGPT in that way. But the, the point uh, that you're making, Mike, and, and I'm agreeing with you, is that nobody thought to expect that response. Nobody thought that it was going to learn to respond in that way. And yet, to your point, it taught itself. Yeah, it's uh, it's astounding. And, and it's frightening, though, because, I mean, obviously, you guys at uh, Perlock work in this every moment, you know, and as you say, new challenges come up to you, you have to develop new products, you know, obviously, your client demands become greater, and uh, great news for business. I mean, you get 74% increase in your revenues is, you know, I, I know a little bit about business, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, that stuff. But I, I would just think the challenge and, you know, for individuals and for companies and, and I guess I'm looking for a little bit of advice for them. Uh, you know, as, as you say, you know, there's some big cost savings to be had. I remember you talking to us, gosh, about 10 months ago saying, man, is this ever helping us? We're getting client proposals, you know, the background for a client proposal written, and then we, we go over it and then do it ourselves. But just saved about one or two steps in that whole process. And I know now that businesses are experiencing this everywhere. Well, there's a lot of uh, interest, but there's also a lot of fear. Um, mm. So the, the fear is, is coming from a couple different places. I think the first is fear of, of data disclosure. So if you're a healthcare organization, you have to be really cautious about where you put the personal health information of your clients. And there, there are defined rules around what systems you're allowed to use and not differs a little bit if you're in Canada or the US, but functionally it means you have to safeguard the data that you have. Now, what happens if you put that data into a generative AI model and you've accidentally or intentionally granted it rights to be able mm -hmm. to train on that? That's potentially a HIPAA violation. It's potentially a privacy violation. There's, there's similar concerns that exist in other industries, financial services being one example. Um, one use case that we're seeing a lot of is HR departments who are um, you know, trying to automate a lot of the work that they have to do. And so they, they might want to uh, put some data into ChatGPT and say, hey, write, a, write a, uh, a reprimand letter about Bob. Well, what have you just taught ChatGPT now about Bob, that he's frequently tardy, right? Those, those types of things. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing, we're seeing fears from, from the data perspective. We're also seeing fears, though, from companies who are concerned about missing out of yeah. this AI revolution. And so the question then becomes, how do we safely adopt these new technologies without incurring the data cost? But we, we have to do it because our competitors are doing it. So PromptGuard was really our response to that. And so it, it acts as a, almost think of it like a firewall where we allow the safe use of AI technologies without the, without the risk of, of disclosing confidential or sensitive data to these tools. I, I think that this is going to be one of, of many things that, that organizations are going to need to use to safely use AI, but they're going to have to do, do something. I, I, don't, I don't see any industry right now that will not be impacted by these AI technologies. And I would think that, you know, okay, and maybe the largest firms when they can afford to have 
I'm trying to think of the right word, but people who aren't directly related to their business. So some like a, an AI expert on a mig, but mid-sized firms, small firms, as you say, they're trying to save money. That's why they want to use these tools. I think you're, that's my experience too, is what you're elaborating on, which is, hey, people think there might be something here for us. It might be something here that will help us save money or to do better marketing campaigns. All of this stuff, you know, far more efficient and effective. So you're going to get people with that sort of, what am I missing out? but I don't have any background whatsoever to evaluate how to do it uh, safely, as you say. You know, it's interesting. I, I was invited to go speak at a conference in Atlanta, and it was a, a conference um, that spanned a, a number of different industries. And so there was a, a really good cross-section of people in the audience. Um, and so there were some people who, who dealt with healthcare. There mm -hmm. were some people who dealt with with non-regulated companies. And I did a, you know, a quick show of hands. You know, it was, it was the... It was the uh, it was the presentation right after lunch. So you, you got to kind of wake people up a little bit. So I said, show of hands, who here has heard of ChatGPT? And universally, everybody put their hand up. And now, now keep in mind, Mike, this was a non-technical audience. And so I said, okay, well, follow-up question, who's actually used it? And I was, I was surprised. 90 to 95% of the room kept their hand up. And that was really interesting. And that, that actually mirrors what, what we're seeing in the business as well, which is that every, effectively every industry and every sized company, whether you're an SMB, mid-market or enterprise, or even a government agency, everybody is asking roughly the same question, which is how can I make use of these things? And in fact, the smaller you are, the smaller the organization or the smaller the company size, you're almost more likely to start to use these tools because you probably don't have a graphics design yeah. team that you can turn to. You have to do it yourself. And therefore, that becomes the on-ramp for Dolly or Midjourney or one of these other AI tools. So it's it's a bit different than uh, a traditional IT product, which is, you know, you, you buy SAP if you're an enterprise and you definitely don't if you're a 10-person organization. That's not the case here. This is an equal opportunity um, technology that everybody's trying to adopt quickly. And yet we need we need the safeguards and, and the, the, the guardrails to be yeah. able to do so safely. Let me finish with asking you, what's the coolest thing you've seen? I mentioned myself that I was just so shocked that the machine taught itself this huge variety of languages. You know, I, I mean, I was just blown away by it in a very excited way, you know, like science fiction-y. Uh, what about yourself? What anything surprised you in that way where you go, are you kidding? They're already there? You know, weren't they not there a week ago? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good question. I, I keep seeing, uh, I think the thing that I find surprising is the variety that I see yeah. every single day. So it actually, it hasn't been just a single surprise. It's the fact that every day seems to be a new, a new thing. So I'll give you some examples. Um, I've seen a couple of uh, businesses that are entirely run by AI. Uh, so these are ones that are being built in public that uh, every decision is is the AI is doing it and they are actualizing wow. it and, and we're just watching as it occurs. Wow. Um, I've also seen a number of investment portfolios driven by AI. Uh, I don't think the returns were very good, um, but, but that's been kind of interesting to watch. Um, I've also seen just absolutely lifelike imagery and videos yeah. created by AI that would have a year ago uh, taken a team of visual effects artists over months, and yet they can just be be generated on uh, you know within a couple of minutes, and it's just the the pace is never ending, and you have to stay 
uh, on top of it if you want to, uh, to to maintain an edge against your competitors. And I would think that security and on that, of course, that's why you've developed new products for this, but security of, of your whole resources, your business, your data, et cetera, has got to be front and center. I mean, the cleverness of these people to immediately, you know, bad guys, I, I all say, you know, to take advantage of this is, is a great news for your business, as I said, but as something for everyone listening today should be aware of that that's got to be almost front and center of any exploration into this field. So I know you'll be busy. I'm still going to call on you again, Ian, but I appreciate you finding time today. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Ian, of course, is with Pluralock. This is what they do for a living. That's why we chat.